You're listening to WCOM LP 103.5 FM Carborough and Chapel Hill. It's a Tuesday, it's five o'clock, and that only means one thing. It's time for another round of Snarky Faith with your host, Stuart Deloney. This is a space where we irreverently wrestle through life, culture, and spirituality, all with our heads in the clouds, our tongues in our cheeks, our hearts in our sleeves, and our feet on the ground. At Snarky Face, the questions or even the answers are never the point. It's all about the conversation. So here's your host, Stuart Deloney. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome again to another round of Snarky Faith Radio. I'm your host, Stuart Deloney. I'm excited to be back here for another week here on Snarky Faith. And before we get started, because we have a lot of, we have a lot of coronavirus crazy to talk about today. And and before we get to that, I did want to start off with something a little bit more serious. So now with most of us, thankfully, in the United States under lockdown and self-quarantine, this is an important message I think that we need to get out there. And so recently, the United Nations Secretary General, um, this is on past Sunday, warned that they have been seeing a, quote, horrifying global surge in domestic violence. And he said this, he said, violence is not confined to the battlefield. For many women and girls, the threat looms largest when they, uh, where they should be the safest, in their homes. And what Antonio Gutierrez said here, what he's urging people to, to do is, he's saying, I'm urging all governments to make prevention and uh, redress of the violence against women a key part of the national response to COVID-19. And I bring this up because as I was, as I stumbled on this, it was, it was a stark reminder that this is a very interesting and complicated time that we were within. There, uh, this is a very stressful time. It's a time where there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of panic. We're worried about job security right now. We're worried about toilet paper right now. We're worried about getting sick and dying right now. We're worried about our nation's response to this right now. But in the midst of all of this stuff that we may get wrapped up in, it's a very easy place for us to feel like I've got to take care of my own. But in this time, I want to just, just remind all of you out there listening to check in with people. Check in with your neighbors. Check in with your friends and family members. Check in with people because you don't know what's going on. Now, I'm not saying around the corner is a domestic abuser in every house, but I'm saying is you don't know what your neighbor is struggling with. You don't know what your neighbor may need. You don't know what your friends are going through because a lot of people that are extroverted, this is difficult. For ones that are introverts, they're like, woohoo! This is like the greatest party ever. But for those that are extroverts, they can be starving right now. And especially for people that deal with with, with mental illness, this can be a very depressing time. But for others who are in situations of domestic violence, this can be absolutely hell being confined to home. So remember, see (laughs) maybe see something, say something, or hear something, say something. But more importantly, Just learn to be a good human during this time. Let's learn to be a good neighbor and a good human to others around us. Let's try to be good to one another and reach out to those in our communities that just need a voice, that just need a line of help. And this is just a reminder that, yeah, we can make a difference by being good humans to one another right now. That's it. 
that's it. That's the end of the show. Good night. See ya. <laughs> Catch you guys again next week. No, I'm joking. No, but 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 that was that was just a stark reality to me. And I wanted just to pass that on because I think a lot of things like this, especially with domestic violence, goes unspoken. And I think these things need to be spoken about. And and I think that even in our time of being in quarantine and isolation, we can still work on being good humans. All right? I wanted to get that out of the way. Because, because, because today, 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 in our show, we are going to be talking about the death of Easter. Oh, no. What? What's going on in the world? Oh, Easter. <laughs> if you can't go to Easter, <laughs> if you can't go to church on Easter as a Christian, you get your salvation card revoked. So all of Christianity is freaking out right now. <laughs> We're not even sure that live streams count. Oh, my salvation. What's happening? I'm sorry. No. Uh, quarantine may be getting to me at this point. But no, we're going to be talking really about... We're going to be digging deep into some weird theological stuff today. Um, talking about the death of Easter and how culture is responding to this in not so nice ways. Right, Christian culture? You've been a bad boy and girl. You're not being very good during this time. But, but in this time... And this time, I just want to remind people of something that is very, very important. Is that we need to forget about the coronavirus. We need to forget about the coronavirus because there's more important things happening. What's, what's more important that's happening right now is, is about how, how sad this is. How sad this is right now for Easter's sake. I'm going to be watching on a computer, right? On a laptop. I think on Easter, maybe I'll be watching from a laptop as opposed. So how sad is it that we have Easter Palm and Easter Sunday and people are watching on laptops and computers? It's sad. I mean, it really is sad. The idea of watching on laptops in general is just sad. It's really, really just sad, especially when most people around have like smart TVs where they could actually, instead of being on a laptop, be on a smart TV. I, I'm really not sure, but I'm, I mean, I'm going to tell you is that my Palm Easter and my Easter Palm was ruined. It was absolutely ruined by the laptops. I, I was not able to fully worship Easter Palm, and I, I, I could not partake well in Palm Easter at all, because it just wasn't very palmy or Eastery, because that's just, you know, oh God, it was horrible. <laughs> I was on a laptop. <laughs> I mean, there's people dying right now, but I went on a laptop. A laptop. This is Easter, for God's sakes. Where are you, Jesus? <laughs> this isn't what Easter's supposed to be. Okay. True story. <laughs> so yes we're gonna be talking a lot about today about the death of easter and what is easter supposed to be what is easter i don't even know i i just i was worried a little about the president because we all know we all know that there's you know president out there is worried about us especially folks that follow jesus he's very worried about all those jesus holidays and all the corinthians out there two of them. But uh, what's more important is just we know, we know how much the president loves our show. He loves Fox. 
but he loves this show. Nasty, snarky faith. I probably should not have asked for an endorsement because I could have expected just that. Nasty, snarky faith. It's amazing how dumb, petty, stupid things like that make me giddy. (laughs) I don't think it's the coronavirus. It's funny to me whenever I'm quarantined or not quarantined as well. So, all right, we've got some business to get through today with all of you boys and girls out there. So ultimately, hey, 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 I hope everyone's doing well. I hope, I hope, I hope. You are surviving well during this very unique time in human history that we find ourselves in right now. Because, because if you didn't already realize this, this has really only happened twice, twice in recorded human history. (laughs) Right, Perry Stone? Right? Two times that the world has shut down. Noah's flood and the coronavirus. I'm pretty sure that's absolutely historically inaccurate, that there is no truth to that. But, hey! It's Perry Stone. It's Perry Stone, which also serves as a great primer to enter us into our continuing segment, the Christian crazy, but the Christian crazy coronavirus edition that we continue on here because the coronavirus is making Christians crazy, crazier than usual, crazier than usual. So I might as well go ahead and say it's time for the Christian crazy. Claude Hammers, the Lord is my shepherd. He know what I want. So we begin here into the Christian crazy, our our look into the insanity that is in Christianity, not simply to mock, even though that is fun, but uh, we also serve this as a purpose to be able to hopefully extract the uh, the insanity from Christianity as well, too. Being able to say, hey, hey. Jesus didn't talk about that. Speaking of things that are disgusting during the time of the coronavirus and things that Jesus didn't talk about, let's go ahead and talk about Pastor Jamal Bryant. That's right. He's pastor of the New Birth Missionary Church in Lithonia, Georgia. It's not a small church. This is like a thousand, a 10,000-seat church. Now, I'm going to give some thanks to uh, the Friendly Atheist and the Atlanta Journal and Constitution for their reporting on all of this. So, Bryant, Pastor Bryant here, was a successor for disgraced Bishop Eddie Long. And during the coronavirus, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, they saw an opportunity as a church to help the congregation get tested for COVID-19, right? Hey, hey, that's great. That is objectively great. They're going to do something good with their church. And they are going to try to test at least a thousand members of their church. And they're only going to be charging the price of $150 a pop to get tested, right? Right? I mean, that is that is great. It is wait, I'm sorry. What? Oh, I'm hearing um mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, but by law, it's supposed to be free. The testing is supposed to be free. <laughs> that can't. Oh, it is true. It is true. It's a hundred percent true. Oh gosh. Hmm. 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 I'm going to quote here from this article. The testing was supposed to be split evenly over Saturday and Sunday, and recipients should have expected their results within 24 hours. And Pastor Bryant said, although many churches have refrained from in-person worship service, that the visions keep going on. 
and that the idea started when he was approached by a Florida lab who wanted to partner with New Birth Missionary Baptist Church to provide test kits. Mm -hmm. So here's what would happen. The pre-screening would cost $25. The actual test, $125. So guess what? The church, the church, the church was going to make bank off this. It was want to make bank off this because, you know, <laughs> it's not like they're in debt or anything. As a church, they're not a church that's in debt of $300 million or anything. Oh, they are. They are. Hmm. So ripping off their congregation to give them a false sense of security during the coronavirus for something that should have been free. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure that this is a total anomaly within the Christian crazy. Pastors being nutty and doing horrid things. And oh, wait, no, there's more. Crap. All right. Well, <laughs> womp womp on me. <laughs> I'm joking. The real womp womp is the fact that uh, as of recording this, there are still eight Republican governors that are holding out on statewide uh, stay-at-home orders. Yep. Yep. We're trying to flatten the curve. And thanks to Arkansas, Iowa, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Utah, and Wyoming. <laughs> you guys just want to keep the party going on. You know who doesn't want to keep the party going on? Oh, all of those idiotic, moronic churches that even though, even though this is an issue of public health, uh, this is an issue of, I would say, for people that should say that they, that would say that they're pro-life, that are acting pretty non-pro-life, for all of these Christian churches that are still hold out, holding out and still having services on Sunday. This is something that is absolutely, this is absolutely disgusting that we are seeing churches. I know, I know, I know, I know. Hold it. Now, there's many churches that are doing good work right now. They've closed. They're doing live streams. We'll get to live stream talk later. But they're doing live streams and doing other things for the community, and they're keeping their doors closed, helping to stop this from happening. There's others, not so much, not so much. Others that are claiming that this is like a violation of the First Amendment, it's not. Uh, what it is a violation of is the care for your congregations because you apparently do not care about the physical health of your Sunday attendees or the community around you for continuing to have church because all you're doing is you are letting yourself potentially become an epicenter for more death and for more destruction. And it is something that is ridiculous. And every church that says they're doing this because they think God commands them to do this, I'll go ahead and say this. Hey, Jesus also commanded us to love our neighbor. How's that working for you? As you're polluting and infecting your communities. Don't tell me God told you that you need to have a church service if you having a church service is in direct correlation to the commands of God to love our neighbors. Yep, it doesn't get any easier than that. Because my only other reason I'm assuming people are doing this is to make a name for themselves and to make money, which is usually the truth when it comes to folks like this. And we talked about on last week's show, Rodney Howard Brown down in Florida who got arrested for having church. Oh, Rodney. Oh, Rodney. And I saw a bunch of people online being, yay, yay, this is going to teach him. And I told people that I knew that. No, it's not. It's going to turn him into a martyr. He knows what he's doing. 
That's how grifters and charlatans work. They roll with the punches and keep the lies coming. Because Rodney's going to tell you this about why he couldn't do church, even though he really, 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 really wants to do church. And we talked about on last week's show, Rodney Howard Brown down in Florida, who got arrested for having church. Oh, Rodney. Oh, Rodney. And I saw a bunch of people online being, yay, yay, this is going to teach him. And I told people that I knew that. No, it's not. It's going to turn him into a martyr. He knows what he's doing. That's how grifters and charlatans work. They roll with the punches and keep the lies coming. Because Rodney's going to tell you this about why he couldn't do church, even though he really, 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 really wants to do church. I have no choice at this juncture but to shut the church down this Sunday. There will be no service at the river this Sunday. Now, I know some people say, well, he's caving. No, I'm not. And then let me tell you why I have to do this. I have to do this to protect the congregation, not from the virus, but from a tyrannical government. And also, I've got to protect my ass from the fact that I don't have insurance anymore. Okay, Stuart's going to stop doing accents because that is not my thing. That is not my thing at all. So, yes, as Rodney is telling his followers, oh, I'm protecting you from the government. I don't want you to get in trouble. The real reason, which was funny, uh, that Rodney had earlier in the week his, uh, his lawyer defending him. And the lawyer kind of let the cat out of the bag that this isn't a matter of faith why Rodney's not having church. It's a matter of the fact that their <laughs> insurance canceled on them because of what was happening. Mm -hmm. No insurance in your building means that now Rodney is open for getting sued if people get coronavirus. So this isn't about being a martyr. It's about the fact that, aww, you were breaking the law and your insurance company didn't want to cover you anymore. And now, where's the faith of Jesus? Without insurance, it just it evaporated like that into the wind. But fear not, fear not, folks. Rodney's still there for you. You know, well, the president said something about uh, what uh, voluntarily you can wear a mask. But there's some place making it mandatory. Well, guess what? It'll be mandatory one day for you to wear a burqa. Somebody said, that ain't going to happen. Let me tell you, you don't understand what's going on. I mean, the fact of the matter that we could actually be months away where people will be put to death for preaching the gospel. Somebody said, that'll never happen yet. I'm going to say this again. I want you to listen to me very carefully. We could be months away from people being put to death in America for preaching the gospel. There you have it, folks. Rodney! Rodney! Rodney has finally leveled up. He did it. He achieved the level of martyr. Woohoo, Rodney! What's next? Saint? Deity? Who knows? The sky is the limit. Well done, Rodney. Well done. Now, what's left in the Christian craze? You're only really the choice cuts for you. And over the past couple weeks, well, it was, let me hearken back to two or three shows ago where we talked about toxic masculinity. And if you're interested in hearing that show, <laughs> go over to www.snarkyfaith.com and find this broadcast and past broadcasts on there just for you or anywhere 
You find podcasts. Just look up Snarky Faith. Wow, shameless promotion in the middle of our show. I'm learning from the televangelist. Yes. So over the past couple of weeks, we kind of, we broached the topic of toxic masculinity within Christianity. And, and we had this, this, there's kind of been like a recurring theme that we've been seeing here about the men being manly men. Manly men in the type, in the time, in the time of coronavirus. So these men are getting very manly. They're, they're like, they're, they're, there's a lot of testosterone going on here. So I want to just kind of, I want to, there's, there's, there's just a little bit here, just a little bit here because fear not. I know people are worried Roddy's going to be alone. He's going to just have to, he has no shoulder to cry on, no other man to kind of chest bump with or fist bump or bump and however he wants to bump. But don't worry, don't worry. Rodney, someone's got your back. That's right. Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Jonathan Shuttlesworth wants to do something that involves blowing with you. Because we're going to have more blowing here in this session. And it's going to be a little weird, but I think you'll handle it. I'm going to announce it, but we're going to hold an outdoor Easter blowout service, not online. A national gathering. You can come from all over, like Woodstock. And we're going to gather and lift up Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed that Dr. Rodney got arrested. I'm ashamed that when they wanted to arrest preachers for having church in an entire state, there was only one to come for. That's right. There's just only a few real men left here in the country. And those men are pastors. And those men want to have a blowout. We're going to get together and make it like Woodstock. It's going to be so manly. It's going to be like Woodstock without any fun. That's right. We're just going to sit around and flexing and being men and manly things. We're going to defy the government and make a lot of people really sick. <laughs> I, I, we're going to get to this in a moment. But what is the point of this? What is the point of any of this? Somehow, like, these, like, like flexing their faith muscles here because we're man enough to keep having church. <laughs> no matter that in other countries and in our own, we're starting to see epicenters come out of areas where people refuse to not have church. They say, the pastors say it's because they have too much faith. I say it's because they don't have any. That somehow, if they can't have church on the Sunday morning, what is my faith? I don't even know why I'm a pastor anymore. What's my name? Who am I? I just need Sunday to keep me grounded. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. And it's people like this that are going to continue... To allow others to die. I'm not trying to be Christian crazy catastrophist. I'm just saying this truthfully. When this happens and people continue to infect others because people say they're doing the church, people will die. Not anecdotally, that just happens. That just happens. But there's a little bit of good news right now because Kenneth Copeland is going to say, Shuttlesworth, you said blowout. Let's talk about blowing, blowing out the COVID-19. Now, I'm going to not give this to you. <laughs> I'm going to cut this up because it's just too stupid. And what begins, I shall paint a picture. I shall paint a, uh-huh. 
Thomas Kincaid quality picture for you here. So picture this. Picture an empty, gaudily decorated auditorium. Kenneth Copeland's church. Picture Kenneth Copeland in an empty sanctuary. Picture some of his cronies, stooges, surrounding him that repeat everything he's saying in this prayer. Does it sound weird and cultic? Oh, hell, you you know it does. So let's just kind of hear little snippets of this because otherwise it's really just creepy. The Almighty God. The Almighty God. The El Shaddai God. The El Shaddai God. The God who is Almighty. God so we kind of getting that cult vibe going right there for you. You got it marinating just enough. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to do too much because this continues on and it's just stupid. But, but here's the good news. Here's the good news. I'll skip to the part where Kenneth Copeland gets rid of the coronavirus. So, hey, quarantine, lockdown over, just in time for Easter. Woo! Here we go. Party on. Heat, heat, burn this thing, burn this thing, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Satan, Jesus. you bow your knee, Satan, you bow your knee, you fall on your face, you fall on your face, COVID-19, COVID-19, if I'm wrong here, but it seems a little counterintuitive that he's blowing and his cronies are blowing. They're blowing at COVID-19. Now, I'm not sure if he's just not listening in the spirit well enough, because I kind of feel like that's how we all get sick. (laughs) Again, you're supposed to wear a mask. So Ken's really showing us what not to do. This is a valuable lesson here. So when you hear Kenneth saying, and blowing in the spirit, that's really just saying, hey, folks, stay at home. Put a mask on. Don't do this because I'm an idiot. (laughs) I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's Kenneth Copeland's advice that he has blown out. He's blown away. Than a lot of blowing with Corona. Though the really weird, funny thing I will point out to you is being able to watch these like televangelists um, when they're in their auditoriums, sanctuariums, uh, arenas, whatever you want to call these things, with no with no one in them when they're absolutely empty. It's kind of like trying to watch like a sitcom when they remove the laugh track. If you've ever seen that, that it's kind of just really like you kind of get how people may like 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 lean into their stage presence and weird yelling and whatever else is going on. But like, like it, seriously, so look this up. If you want to do yourself a favor, one, I may offend half my audience right now. This is not theologically offending you, but I'm just going to head and tell you is that I, I, I fundamentally believe that the Big Bang Theory is, is the death of comedy. It is, it is terrible for a thinking person. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Sorry. 
But you can also find the Big Bang Theory online where they've removed where they have removed the laugh track and you were able to see that there's really no humor in it whatsoever. And same thing with watching televangelists with no crowds and audiences. Hmm. It's not quite the same thing. It doesn't have this that that same like, you know, what is it that, you know, whole like charlatan pizzazz. Just not there. Just not there. But COVID is affecting a lot of us, just like it's affecting Rick Wiles. Rick we're kind of talking about getting really odd in our in our language here, but Rick Rick's a little bit mad. Rick Wiles from True News is a little bit mad at Bill Gates for some odd reason and wants to do something I'm not even sure would be okay with the book of Leviticus to Bill Gates. Heavens no! I'd like to tell Bill Gates where he can stick his syringe. I'm sorry, what? I- I'm fed up with this stuff. I-, I would like to help put that syringe there. This guy's a wacko. Bill Gates is the wacko. Hmm. I mean, look, it's one thing. It's one thing to say y- y- you believe in vaccines and you want to help, you know, get as many people vaccinated against horrible diseases. Okay, I, I can buy Bill Gates's position like that. But let me tell you, when you start talking about putting a nano-sized microchip in it, buddy, you're my enemy. And I'll stick that syringe so far up your rectum, you'll never get it out. You'll cough it out. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry, had to cough it out. But what? I have no idea what he's even really talking about here. And the coronavirus is making people do a lot of crazy things and kind of think about weird end time stuff. So thoughts and prayers for Rick Wiles and Bill Gates not... Getting a syringe up his ass for reasons I'm not really even sure. Yeah, so healthy to say here that... <laughs> that we're in a very interesting time within Christianity. And and I, I say that partially all of this that we've done up until this point is fun and in jest. Not really. Uh, it's fun, it's in jest, but it's true that those people are certifiably insane. But the one thing that I want to be able to talk about here is we're going to kind of talk about Easter or really a little bit about pre-Easter today. And, and hopefully, 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 some of this will, will make sense. And, and what I've kind of been watching is I've been watching like the church's crazy response uh, to the coronavirus, a crazy response to being able to, to or I guess for being told to do church live stream or not at all, we've seen those that have bucked against this that tend to kind of act insane. And then we see other churches that turn this into like production value over time. And and either way, and again, I'm not knocking all live streams. I'm knocking kind of those on the fringes. You have like these that that are putting on full-on production values. And you have these other people that on the other side that are not doing church (laughs) live stream, but doing it live. And... And all of this that I'm wrestling with right now in this season of Easter, all that we're seeing, all this hustle and bustle and all this fear about the coronavirus, none of this really has to do about faith, like, or Jesus. And and I say this because, like, faith doesn't mean testing positive to stupid. And, and I feel like we've seen a lot of that within the Christian crazy. I think that we've seen a lot of this. It's easy to see these, especially like with the far-right conservative evangelical Christians that, that, that are far-right. And, and I, do that, I do that on purpose. I mean, yes, a lot of time it is low-hanging fruit. Um, 
But I do that to prove a point, to saying that, 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 that even in, in the peripheries, and I know you can all, oftentimes say that in the peripheries, they're always going to be crazy. No, but the problem is that it leaks towards the center. And those on the side of the far right uh, are a problem for those of us in the middle, because not many people are actually speaking out against these crazies. And also, eh, they're just crazy enough to say what others are thinking. I'm not saying what they're thinking is right. I'm saying it is twisted and it's wrong. But I want us to first remember, as we approach Easter, faith doesn't mean that we're stupid. And, and as churches are freaking out because it's, we're almost in the season where, what, what, what? Is this the death of Easter? If we can't show up together and stand inside of this multi-million dollar church building, does church not happen? <laughs> I think we talked last week about this is almost like it, it reminds us of all the Santa Claus movies where if you don't believe in Santa enough, Santa doesn't have any powers. So if people aren't in their Sunday's best in their multi-million dollar churches and giving their tithes on Sunday, oh, did Jesus die for nothing? Oh, he did, he did, he did. That's the end of the show now. We have nothing more to talk about. No, you would assume the death of Easter is happening when you see all these churches trying to defy it. You see all of these people trying to flex and say, we, 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 we will be the remnant that will continue to pray and proclaim the name of Jesus. What, what, what? But all this worry about Easter, whether it be these crazies on one side or all, the, all these other people, because I've seen it in town where, where oh, we're going to have six church services online. There's a local church that is doing six worship services online. I don't know why they don't just record one and replay it five more times. Because no one wants to be watching a live stream that's taped. What? We're not all at home watching Netflix because Netflix is all live. Oh, wait, no, Netflix isn't live. So what? Why, why are certain churches doing multiple live streams? on these? Oh, because Jesus feels it more each time. That's right. That's right. Uh, so my, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of just left pondering here is like, what Easter are you like, are y'all worried about? Like all these people that, that this, all this weirdness, like if somehow we don't show up like to church and if church, corporate church doesn't happen, does like Christianity die? Like, Huh? And, and I'm really confused by this because pastors and churches should be the ones that are instructing us on what it means to be a Christian, like to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, to, to, to walk into this world and, and be Jesus to others, right? Churches should be discipling and encouraging us to do things like this, right? Right, right, to, to do that. But churches right now are so worried that without you being in a building or watching their live stream, all hell's going to break loose. So apparently, a lot of churches are worried that your faith is only shallow and inches deep. Because when it comes to Easter, churches will tell us one thing. that They, they certainly believe in Jesus, but I'm not so certain they believe in you. Now run with me just a little bit about this. And we're, we're gonna, we're, we are, we're going to be digging in um, today talking about kind of pre-Easter. But I, I just continue to see these churches so worried about missing opportunities, about all of this, about making sure everyone can launch their live stream. Why? Because 
you don't watch their live stream, church doesn't happen. And somehow, I, 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 I don't know, but this is something I've, I've been ponder, kind of pondering through in this time of coronavirus is if the church has been doing its job well, I, I would love to hear pastors say, hey, guys, when you're in quarantine, you know all that stuff that we talk about on Sundays? You know, the stuff we preach about, like the stuff that Jesus did and came and did, and you know, that we tell you to go do on a natural basis, <laughs> go do it. Uh, church may not meet for another while. We're not sure for how long, but hey, you know, the stuff we've been teaching you, the stuff you've been reading about in Bible study, yeah, all that that you've been preparing for, yeah, go do it. Yeah, you, yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it. Like you've been going here for years. Go do it. Hey, you, go do it. Get, out, get your ass out and go do it. Don't watch our live stream. You don't need to sing with us. Just go do. Go be Jesus. Go, 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 go. Go, go, go. No, no, that's not what it is. Because a church that doesn't disciple wants to keep its followers in the shallow end. Because if they're in the shallow end, they're going to continue to run back to the almighty pastor or priest that is teaching and telling them what to believe in. I know it's cynical. It's cynical. And Easter's not about cynicism, Stuart. It's about hope and belief and Easter bunnies and chocolate. That's what Jesus died for. Ish. But what I want to do today is offer you a different way. I, I don't want to be... <laughs> it's not my job. It's not my job to sit here and rip on what exists. Well, I mean, that's a lot of it. That is a lot of my job. But I do have a second part where... Um, we're going to be talking about why Easter and really what the hell is Easter? No, no, no. You're not going to get that Jesus died and three days later he rose again. Just so you know that if you believe in him and pray a prayer that when you die, you go to heaven because if you didn't pray the prayer or if you'd never heard the name of Jesus, you're going to hell, right? That's the story of Easter. Not really. But that is what a lot of people will hear on Sundays if church was still happening right now. Okay, so instead of talking about the Jesus narrative, we are going to talk about something that happens before that. Something that happens that a lot of people don't talk about, especially in the march up towards Easter, but I think they should a little bit. And we are going to talk about death. Ooh, fun. But we're going to talk about the death of Lazarus from the Bible. And I am going to be reading uh, from John 11. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read it. And then we're going to kind of break it down a little bit with little bits of fun, little commentary and insight. But first, I'm just going to read it. Okay. So essentially, the story of Lazarus uh, is about Jesus has friends. There's Mary, there's Martha and Lazarus. They are all related. Jesus is friends of them, all of them. And Lazarus will die. I don't want to spoil the ending, but let's go ahead and read. This comes from John 11. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. That will be more part of the Easter story down the line, if you keep reading. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. So when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Maybe he was social distancing. I'm joking. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you and you're going back. Jesus answered, 
Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. And after this, he went to them. Um, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am not there, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he was told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Disciples not getting it. Jesus, okay, fine, guys. <laughs> Lazarus is dead. Let's go see him. And then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Still not getting it. So on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said, uh, said to her, I am the resurrection of life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And after she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up and quickly went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when, Jesus, when the Jews, who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went there, uh, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. But when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would have not died. And when, when Jesus saw Mary weeping and the Jews had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see. Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? And Jesus once more moved deeply, came to the tomb. And it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, Martha said, the sister, uh, Martha, the sister of the dead man, by the time there is, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been in there for four days. And then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And they took away the stone and Jesus looked up and said, Father, thank you for what you have heard, that, for that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when Jesus said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out and his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Now, this is important for several reasons. Because in Scripture, right after this, this is when you begin to see uh, the Jewish leaders begin to plot to kill Jesus. Not because they wanted him to die. So he could die for the sins of man. No. 
because this was a political hit. This was a political death. They saw what he was doing, and they were afraid of it. And they were worried about their waning power, uh, especially in regards to the Roman government. Okay. So now, let's kind of go back and talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about this story and kind of break it down piece by piece. So, we enter this story, and we see here that Jesus is a little ways away. Not very far. Not really, really that far away. He's only about two miles away when he receives word that Lazarus is ill and is going to die. And the scripture says that Jesus chills out there doing what he's doing, teaching and stuff in, in the area for another two days, okay? So in that time, Lazarus dies. Womp womp, sad times for Lazarus and his family. Why do we see this? Well, because, because once Jesus decides to go to the family, we already see here that his sisters, Mary and Martha, are sitting in, in, in Sheba. So that is the, the Jewish custom of sitting and mourning for seven days following the death of a deceased parent, sibling, spouse, or someone that is close to you. And, and what we also see has happened in the house is that many people from the nearby Jerusalem have also come. They've come. And, and they've come to be around Mary and Martha here. So they, part of Shiva is kind of like a very long, long funeral process, but it's a time for mourning. And a lot of time for mourning and silence where you stay in the home. So as soon as, as soon as they hear that Jesus is there, Mary runs out. Now, this would be odd, because in Shiva, you stay at home. Mary runs out. She talks to Jesus. She's upset. She runs back. Tells her sister. Now her sister comes out. And as her sister comes out, the crowds of people are saying, what is going on now? We want to see what's happening. Because this is very, very unorthodox of what's happening here. So Martha now comes out too. And there's a bunch of, oh, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And then Jesus asking them questions, and they're like, well, yeah, 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 we get this whole thing, like, in which we, we can all understand nowadays, right? Oh, well, we know, Jesus, like, you know, eventually we'll be risen again in heaven and all that kind of great stuff. That's awesome. That's down the road. That doesn't help us here. That doesn't help us now. Now, also for you to understand the significance here of the four days, the four days, and they even mention this in the scripture, that people are worried about getting a little stank on, on, on Lazarus. So Lazarus is getting, like, a little bit of that, the whole, like, the dead stinkies. and and this is also just important historically to, to understand this. And so this is, I'm going to read some Jewish burial practices from around the 8th century. So, uh, and it goes like this. So we go out to the cemetery and examine the dead to see if they're still alive and have been buried in mistake for a period of three days and do not fear being suspected of engaging in the way of the Amorites. The Amorites at this time were people that had superstitious practices. Now, once a man who had been buried uh, was examined and found to be alive, and he lived for 25 years more and then died. And another such person lived and had five children before he died. So what they're saying here is back in the day, hey, <laughs> there were times that they put people in the grave and they weren't dead. They weren't like dead, dead. They weren't like dead, 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 dead. Maybe they just, you know, post Thanksgiving, they'd eat a lot of turkey and it was just a really hard nap. So again, for the three days, we go and check to make sure they're not just napping. Okay, day four, where you got the stank, they're dead, 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 dead. So this is also proving the point where Jesus is like, no, 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 let's not talk about this like, weird spiritual stuff. Like, in the end, we'll all be risen and be with you, Jesus. No, Jesus is actually trying to flex and show what God is doing here and now. And what we're seeing here, what we're seeing here is that Jesus is ignoring the norms for usual situations, for usual religious situations here. And in the story, we know 
They rolled us away. Jesus calls out his name to Lazarus, and Lazarus comes out. So a couple of things for us to take with us from this. One, that we know from the story, and we continue to know from the life of Jesus, that love knows no bounds. Lazarus being able to conquer death, Jesus being able to conquer death, begins to tell us about something, a very, very different way to begin to view the world and to begin to view God's kingdom. What Jesus is really saying here is this, is that there, there is a different way to live and engage with the here and the now. And that everyone that is caught up in this, that, you know, that people are caught up, whoa, what's going on? We're supposed to be sitting here in Shiva. We're supposed to be doing this. Like, these are not following the, the norms of the time. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You're missing the point here. Let's, let's, I want to show you this. The death has no more power. Sin has no more power over people. And not, and not, and not in the way that I feel like that we hear from a lot of pastors today. Because we turn somehow faith into like this statement of faith. Like faith is believing X, Y, Z, being able to regurgitate X, Y, and Z. I'm not afraid to say I believe in Jesus. That means I'm a Christian. What does that even mean that I believe in Jesus? I mean, I, I, you know, I believe in Napoleon. I believe that Napoleon was a real person. I believe in Napoleon. Now, what, what I'm saying is, what I believe that Jesus is trying to open their eyes to see here is that death has no more sting. And I don't mean this in a, Jesus will resurrect everyone kind of way. No. Is that we are called to live as if death has no sting, as if death has no matter. Now, when we see things I've talked about in the Christian crazy we've seen before here, where these pastors are like, well, death has no sting. We're going to have 1,500 people in our church and infect them all because God will still, I don't know, heal us or Kenneth Copeland will blow on us. Who knows? It doesn't, that's not a call to be stupid. You know, death has no sting. I want to go hug a wild bear. I want to be Joe Exotic and go wrestle with tigers. No, that's not what it's saying here. What it is, is about faith is more about how you live. And how you live is your statement of faith. What you do matters more than the rituals and the dogmas that you are walking through. Jesus is there trying to really change their reality. Jesus is trying to show them that there is a different, different way to live. There's a different way to live. Because right now, there's a lot of churches that are struggling, and we're, they're trying to recapture church like it's prom. We need to capture this one moment, this one time, because we need it. But I'm telling you, there's another way. I mean, we see through Lazarus, we see through the death and resurrection of Jesus, too, that, that death, death isn't even a thing as much. But what really we're saying here is there is a death to expectations, a death to dreams, a death to dogma, a death to ritual, a death to the way of life. And even on Easter Sunday, sometimes a death to church services. 
because the building and the service doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's uh, St. Arrhenius that said, like, uh, that the glory of God is a man fully alive. And all I see when I see churches struggling on, on for doing live streams here, this, that, and the other, it just tells me that modern worship has become really selfish. It's more about us than it is about God. Want to call me a heretic for that one? Well, take it up with God too. In Amos 5.21, where God said, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Or again, in Isaiah 1.13, stop bringing your meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, and convocations. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. The Lord sounds a little, dare I say, snarky. And it always strikes me that we typically, in, in the, Christian, uh, the Christian world, we really only like to talk about Easter and resurrection two times. Two times. For Easter Sunday and for funerals. When, when it should be the central reminder, like Jesus is showing the disciples this. Here's a model of stuff. Here's a different way to live. And then we have like a little while later, oh no, Jesus is dead. Oh, he rose again. What? 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 But the same women, the same women that are experiencing this now experience this later. They're the women that experience Jesus after he's been resurrected because they get it. They can get it. But do you get it? Do you get the idea of resurrection is about how you are living now? Are you living a resurrected life? Are you living a life like that? I may screw up, but I can do better tomorrow. I can make this world a better place by the decisions I make, by how I love others. I'm going to be guided by love. I'm going to be guided by love and not selfishness. Because guess what? Just because you can't be in a church building on Easter doesn't mean that Easter's dead. Oh, that's right, Stuart. We have live streams. No, no, not that either. So maybe this year in 2020 with Easter dying everywhere, so to speak, it's a good time to remind us of what matters here and now, of the whole point of kind of what Jesus was trying to get across, that there is a different way to live. There's a different story. That we need to have a death to the way that we are doing things now because there's new life around the corner. Corona is like death. And we are entering in a time, self-isolation, like a tomb. But we are going to exit different. Will you be different? How will you be different as you exit? How will you live differently? How will you take stock in life differently once you exit this? Now, I don't say this in light of the fact that I know people are suffering right now. And this is very, it is a very a troubling time where we need to be praying for others and helping people. But in this troubling time, are you just going to sit and Netflix and binge your ass off? Or are you going to do some work within yourself, help others around you, reach out to people that need help? Because we can just see church and Easter and Jesus as a spectacle. Or we can actually take him and his words and his work seriously and let it change us and let us love differently and move out into the world with grace and hope and compassion. Let us, let us hear things like this and change us. Because we can't see what's going to happen in the end, but we know how we are called to live and we are called to love. So as I end this broadcast, just a reminder, you can catch us on podcast at www.snarkyfaith.com. Stay well, stay safe, and stay at home.
but I send you off with the holiest amount of grace and snark and peace. I pray that you are all well. And if you're lonely, reach out to me. Questions at snarkybait.com. I always love to talk to people. But have a blessed Easter. And get that Lazarus stank off ya. And I'm out of here. Peace! Nasty, snarky faith.